Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries. Here we discuss various topics like pop culture, news, politics, and more. And I am the host of this podcast and my name is Shakira. Now, if you are new here, we welcome you to go ahead and join our Carefree family by subscribing. And that way you'll be notified every single time we have a brand new episode, which is every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Sometimes Thursdays if we have like a two-part series or something special going on, but mostly Tuesdays at 9 a.m. But if you are already subscribed, thank you for coming back for this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. I really, really appreciate you. I can't emphasize enough how much I appreciate you all. We just hit, um, I think last week, 140,000. 140,000, I can't even say that. 140,000 podcast plays. So over the course of a little over a year so we started this podcast in april of 2018 it is now september of 2019 and i just could not fathom having over just a hundred thousand podcast plays i can't even like wrap my mind around it but i thank you all so much and i really really appreciate you all i really want to do something special like but i don't know what that would entail just to say thank you but i don't know maybe um I'll have like a great idea randomly one day. Anyway, let's hop into today's carefree updates. Y'all know how we do. We're going to update you all on some things that are going on and then head into our topic of the day. First and foremost, I want to extend my thoughts and prayers to the people in the Bahamas and the Caribbean, in the islands that are dealing with Hurricane Dorian. Um... I really want to say that we are with you. I'm praying for you personally. Um, I remember about a few days ago, I think maybe two or three days ago, me and my mom were in like hitting up all the grocery stores trying to buy water and food and everything like that because I believe at that time, Dorian was a category four hurricane. And for some reason, people in Florida, I am from Florida, so I can talk about us. Um, people in Florida do not take hurricanes seriously. We get more upset that they don't come as opposed to them actually coming and knocking our power out, which is typically what tends to happen when they come, um, especially where I live. So anyway, he is looming over the Bahamas. I believe he touched down around yesterday in the evening time. And I saw some devastating video of like tremendous flooding cars like thrown on their side because the wind I believe the wind was like over 100 miles per hour so that is you know where most of the damage comes from like the wind and the rain and flooding so um my thoughts and prayers are with you all and also with everyone in Florida and up the coast because I don't think they know where he is going to go as up now because right now it is Monday when I'm recording this podcast episode. So maybe when you hear it on a Tuesday or later throughout the week, um, he will be gone or, you know, hopefully he will be gone. So anyway, my thoughts and prayers are with you all in the days going forward and also in your recovery as an island. Now, I want to also talk about in this podcast episode, a news anchor in Oklahoma City. So she issued a tearful apology to her black co-host after she made a racist comment on air saying that he looked like a gorilla. Now the following is an excerpt from 
um, Huffington Post Black Voices section, and it says, During the local ABC station's morning news program last week, KOCO anchor Alex Houston, a white woman, capped off a segment about a gorilla at the Oklahoma City Zoo by telling her black co-anchor Jason Hackett that he resembled the primate. The racist comment sparked outrage among viewers and went viral, and Houston made her on-air apology the following day. I want to apologize not only to my co-anchor Jason, but to our entire community, she said through tears. I said something yesterday that was inconsiderate, it was inappropriate, and I hurt people. And I want you to know that I understand how much I hurt you out there and how much I hurt you, she added, turning to Hackett. She told the anchor that she loved him, considered him a best friend, and knew what she said was wrong. I do accept your apology, and I do accept your apology, Hackett responded, adding that he considers her a best friend, too. I do appreciate you, and I do love you. All that being said, what she said yesterday was wrong. It cut deep for me, and it cut deep for a lot of you in the community. All right. So, I came across the video on Twitter, and when I saw it, I thought that it was something from a while ago until I looked at the comments under the video and saw that it was recent um, when it went viral. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, like, we're in 2019 and people are still saying that black people look like gorillas and primates. But, but what really got under my skin the most wasn't even her comment per se, but it was his response to her comment. Um, and I understand that he may not have even realized what he said in that moment because after she said that, so the gorilla was on the screen. If you haven't seen the video, there was like a video of a gorilla um, at the zoo on the screen. And I guess the gorilla was holding the camera. And she says, he kind of looks like you. And he said, what did he say? He said, yeah, he kind of does something along those lines. And that's what got to me the most because I'm like, did he not realize what he just said that she just told him he looked like a gorilla and he just agreed? Or was it just like, let me say something to, you know, like cut to commercial break or something like that. And my main question is, if he said something to correct her off camera as soon as it happened. So when they cut to commercial break, did he immediately say something to her or to producers and let them know that that was extremely offensive? Or was her apology coming from people on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and social media in general um, saying that her comments were racist? That's what I want to know. Not that I really want to know, but that's what I've been thinking about. Um, we have come a long way as far as people knowing what's racist or not. Okay, so I'm not going to say we've come a long way as a country in general because we got a long way to go. You know, when you look at how far the civil rights movement is removed from today, it really wasn't that long ago. People still have grandparents and great grandparents that are alive that lived through that era especially like transitioning into integration because my parents my parents not just my grandparents my parents were alive when integration happened so it's not that it was that far you know we're removed we're not that far removed from that but um we should know by now what is racist like we know and when people say things like that I feel like sometimes it is unconscious and then sometimes it is being able to say it and know that you're not going to have any repercussions from your statements 
Now, with that being said, as black people, we have to start holding people accountable in those moments and not waiting until the next day, you know, when she issued this apology. Um, And I'm not saying that he didn't hold her accountable because he may have. But even in like your workplaces, even in your community centers, wherever you go out to eat, because we see it all the time, um, people in grocery stores, people in restaurants, people anywhere, literally being harassed by people who are throwing racist comments at them. We have to start holding people accountable and telling them that that is not okay. Tell them that that is not okay. Okay, and stand on your word just in case it happens to you. I wanted to share that with you all, especially if you had not heard of it yet. Now on to some lighter news. Um, Here is also an excerpt from an article about Rosa Parks and Sally Ride because they have gotten their own Barbie dolls. So kids around the world will be able to play with Barbie's newest dolls, Rosa Parks and Sally Ride, very soon. The company announced on Monday that the two iconic women are the newest additions to Barbie's Inspiring Women series. Parks, a famed civil rights activist, and Ride, the first American woman and youngest American to travel to space, will each come with educational information about their historic contributions so that children can learn while playing. The dolls are beautiful, y'all. The dolls are beautiful. I'm looking at Rosa's right now, and she looks just like Rosa Parks. It is literally the cutest thing she has on the hat, she has on the glasses, like the Rosa Parks glasses. It's just amazing. So I was curious because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't have children, but one day, maybe, who knows? Um, I was like, maybe I could, you know, buy one just in case I have a daughter and I will have like Rosa Parks and Sally Ride dolls for them. But guess what? They are sold out. And the note on the um, website, it says, due to high demand, we currently are sold out of this doll and are working hard to get more in stock. So if that's something that you're interested in, if you have children, if you have nieces, um, nephews, if you have godchildren, who knows, and you wanted to buy the doll from them, you can go to the Barbie website and you can click on a button that says notify me and that way you can sign up and get notified when they restock it. Now, also in bright, bright, exciting news, Viola Davis is going to star as Michelle Obama in the first ladies drama series that is in the works at Showtime. So according to Deadline, Viola Davis is set to portray Michelle Obama in First Ladies. This is going to be a one-hour White House drama that has been put on fast-track development at Showtime, and they have a three-script commitment. So not only is she going to be portraying Michelle Obama, she is also going to be executive producing the project, and the writer on it is Aaron Cooley. He is Um, He's worked on The Guns of Ridgewood, if you've seen that, and he's also worked on A Thriller of the Supreme Court. So those are all books, by the way. I said scene, if you've read them. Um, Anyway, it's written by him, and the setting is the East Wing of the White House, where many of history's most impactful and world-changing decisions have been hidden from view. Um, made by America's charismatic, complex, and dynamic first ladies. The series will peel back the curtain on the personal and political lives of our most enigmatic heroes, with season one focusing on Eleanor Roosevelt, Betty Ford, and Michelle Obama. Now, my only question is, um, Eleanor Roosevelt, Betty Ford, Michelle Obama were from three different time periods, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out if 
this is going to be one of those series where one episode is dedicated to um, one person and then the next episode is not tied to the previous episode. You know, like, I can't think of a show off the top of my head that works that way, but I've seen some where um, the season is not, like, directly correlated to the previous episode. Like, we typically see, like, in TV so I wonder if it's gonna be one of those kind of things. I don't know. I'm curious, but since it's on the fast track, I'm sure it's not gonna be long that we have to wait to see it. So shout out to Viola Davis and Michelle Obama, my forever first lady. And as far as music is concerned, um, if you have not listened to Jadena's new album, the title is "85 to Africa." Um, listen, you are missing out. Trust me on this. Trust me on this. You are missing out. Give it a listen. I promise you will not be disappointed. I mean, from the very first song all the way to the end, it is 11 tracks, but it is perfect. It is perfect. There are maybe, strong maybe, like two or three songs that I may skip but for the most part I'm playing the song from not the song the album from start to finish it is great um perfectly curated wait did I already talk about this last week I may have already talked about this last week I don't know but even if I did talk about it last week that's because it's so good (laughs) if you have not listened to it listen to it I just ordered the vinyl version of the album And that's how you know it's real because I do not purchase vinyl albums unless I really, really like the album. Seriously, I do not waste my money on vinyl albums because vinyl is expensive. So if I tell you that I bought it on vinyl, trust me, it's good. So that is it for our carefree updates. Now we are going to have a quick break and then hop into our topic for today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alright, so if you have not been under a rock, I am sure over the past two to three weeks, maybe even a month because time flies, you have seen the Popeye's craze that went viral on social media. I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen it. You had to have seen it. If you have not, you've been under a rock. So if you're in the United States, we know what it is, but even if you're overseas, because we do have listeners overseas, you may or may not have seen it as well. Now, because we do have listeners overseas and abroad, if you don't know what Popeye's is, Popeye's is, how can I explain it? It is a fried chicken fast food restaurant, I guess you can say. And about two weeks ago, maybe longer, as I stated, um, they dropped a new chicken sandwich and people started comparing 
that chicken sandwich to Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich. Now again, if you don't know what Chick-fil-A is, they are another fast food spot whose specialty is chicken. And their like tagline is eat more chicken and their mascot is like a cow. So it's like the cow telling customers or consumers to eat more chicken. Um, you know, it's like, it's very catchy. It's a great niche they have. So again, basically fast food, just like Popeye's, but just because they both serve, you know, fast food, specializing chicken, they could not be more different. All right. So to give you an idea of the differences, when I go to Chick-fil-A and I pull up to their drive through um, their microphone, the person on the microphone is like, welcome to Chick-fil-A. How may I help you? When I go to Popeye's and pull up to their microphone, it's like, go ahead. Like what you want. Uh, so when I leave Chick-fil-A, more than likely they're going to say my pleasure. If I say thank you, you know, when they hand me my food, they're going to say my pleasure. When I leave Popeye's and I say thank you, they don't say anything. All right. So it's two completely different vibes. Now, because we are becoming more culturally and politically aware of where we're spending our money, some of Chick-fil-A's policies and beliefs um, have been called into question over the past few years, I'll say, like, they are a Christian organization that doesn't open on Sundays. But at the same time, they've been called into question for supporting anti-LGBTQ um, plus agendas. So here's an excerpt from an article so you can have a little bit of background before we keep talking. So the article says, for all of its successes, however, the company has struggled to break free from a reputation that it excludes the LGBTQ community. A legacy of controversial comments made by CEO Dan Cathy during an interview with the Christian publication in 2012. That controversy has reemerged again this spring, following a March report in the publication Think Progress that the Atlanta-based Chains Foundation donated $1.8 million in 2017 to groups critics say have anti-LGBTQ agendas. The bulk of that, nearly $1.7 million, went to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, or the FCA. The rest went to the foundation the Salvation Army, and the Christian Youth Residential Home, Paul Anderson Youth Home. Chick-fil-A, in a statement at the time, explained that the donations were to support children's camps and programs. The narrative that our giving was done to support a political or non-inclusive agenda is inaccurate and misleading, the company said. Since then, however, the chain has found itself at the center of a political storm as local officials in a handful of communities push back against the company blocking proposed locations and organizing protests. Now, that is from restaurantbusinessonline.com. So if you want to check out that article, um, the title is Chick-fil-A's Gay Marriage Controversy Rises Again, if you want to read that yourself. But this podcast episode isn't about that. I wanted to say that because when Popeye's released this sandwich, I saw a number of people saying that, um, okay, now we can stop supporting Chick-fil-A because of their ideals. And I just wanted you to have that background information as we move forward. But the tweets, the videos, and the commentary on this sandwich, Popeye's sandwich, has been wild. I mean, people have been fighting at the restaurants over them. People selling them on the streets, people making meme after meme after meme about it. It just went on and on and on. 
And it was really amazing to watch because I had never seen people go that far out for a product ever, ever. And I know people were crazy about Patti LaBelle's pies when they came out. Like I remember it was a few years back. I don't even want to say it was three years. It may have been three years, maybe two years ago when she launched the um, Patti LaBelle sweet potato pies. And people were crazy in the store and they kept selling out. But I also remember, let me see. I remember when Jordans used to come out, when they used to do the um, the re-releases of the Jordans and they would like change one thing on the shoe, but people still went crazy over them and sometimes people would like camp outside of the stores. Uh, they would fight about those sometimes, but this sandwich was like a new level of crazy and viral. So, as we know, whenever in increased amount of black people seem to find something that we enjoy or are excited about someone somewhere has to come and rain on the parade and more than likely it is coming from our own people so i saw people say um let me see what were they saying i saw somebody say well I wish black people would have shown up to vote as much as they show up to buy this sandwich. And while I do agree with this to a certain extent, that statement doesn't take some very important factors into account. So while black voters did decrease in turnout for the 2016 election compared to 2018, which we are and will need to do better for this upcoming election, um, but according to Pew Research, the black voter turnout rate declined for the first time in 20 years, 20 years in a presidential election falling from, well, falling to 59.6% in 2016 after we had reached a record high of 66.6% in 2012. We got to do better. You know, so while I get what this person was trying to say, which is why I say I agree to a certain extent like I get what you're saying voter um voter turnout did decrease bet but what we must also consider while we're talking about like why we should vote as much as we're getting in line for a sandwich there are factors like voter suppression that people experienced in 2016 that we saw all over the news especially in Georgia we saw um access to voting polls and absentee ballots um Things like that, and whether or not people with convictions still have the right to vote. These are all factors that you have to consider when you make statements like that. And those are systematic things that need to be fixed first before you just say, oh, black people need to turn out to vote as much as they're showing out for a chicken sandwich. So these are all things that we need to consider. So I was reading a New York Times article, um, and the title of it is, and when I tell y'all the title of articles, it is so that y'all can go and read them for yourself, because I hate when I'm watching a video or I'm listening to a podcast or something like that, and they just say, this article said blah, 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 and I'm like, okay, I want to read the rest of that or like see it for myself. So that is why I tell you all the title of articles so you can see it for yourself. You can read it for yourself. I'm very transparent. So boom, there you go. Anywho, the article is on the New York Times and it's titled, Can Felons Vote? It Depends on the State. 
that is literally the title can felons vote question mark it depends on the state so this was said within that article it says the exact number of convicted felons in the country is hard to pin down one study led by Sarah K.S. Shannon, an assistant sociology professor at the University of Georgia, estimated that about 8% of American adults had a felony um, on record in 2010. Dr. Shannon also worked with the Sentencing Project, a nonprofit organization focused on criminal justice reform, on a 2016 report estimating that 6.1 million Americans have been barred from voting because of felony disenfranchisement laws. Experts say that disparities in sentencing can make felony voting laws inherently discriminatory against minorities and people with low incomes. Let me read that again. In 2016, their report estimated that 6.1 million Americans have been barred from voting according to the disenfranchisement laws. They say that these disparities make felony voting laws inherently discriminatory against minorities, bing, and people with low incomes, bing. In terms of inequality, clearly, felony disenfranchisement laws have racially disproportionate effects. Our estimates lay that bare, Dr. Shannon said. In addition, because these laws can vary so widely by state, the effects are also spatially disparate, meaning different, impacting some states' electorates more than others. So, in other words, bringing all that down, where some black and brown people may have been barred from voting um, due to past convictions, they can still get in line for a sandwich, period. Like, my issue is this. Why must we always, as black people, why must we always go to the extreme when we have situations like this like this is way deeper than a chicken sandwich it's deeper than voting it's deeper than your moral convictions about chick-fil-a this is about a mentality we have um when it comes to a high number of black people having access to things that bring them joy because about once every week it never fails I see someone post a car, I see someone post a purse, I see someone post a trip that they went on. And if you scroll far enough down the comments, you are guaranteed to see someone say, but you could have bought an LLC with that, or you could have bought an investment property with that, you could have bought an apartment complex with that. Well, guess what? They didn't. If a Birkin bag that holds five, six figures is going to make Tanya happier than getting an LLC, who are you to chastise her? Like, maybe she doesn't want the responsibilities a business brings. Maybe she doesn't want to file taxes on a business every quarter. Maybe she doesn't want to hire an accountant to help her with finances. Maybe she doesn't want to pay repairs on a real estate property. Like, we have to stop forcing our stuff on other people now you may be thinking well Shakira like we do need to do better about money we do need to do better about how we live etc etc yes we do I completely agree um I do want us to own more businesses I do want us to invest and spend our money smarter wiser going forward but if Keith or Brian want to use their money for a car who am i to tell them how they should have spent it 
if that's what brings them joy. Also, everyone doesn't broadcast everything that they do. Um, I wish somebody would see me in a Popeye's line and they tell me, oh, I wish you would have voted as much as you're waiting for a sandwich. Because guess what? I did. I voted in every single election since I've turned a voting age. And also, I'm going to stand right here in this line and wait on a Popeye sandwich. Like, stop trying to equate things that have no relevance to each other. And let black people enjoy things without turning into Mr. or Miss Holier Than Thou. Like, don't do that. And while we're also on the topic, let's take it a little further. You may or may not remember a few months ago, earlier this year, um, a guy posted a picture of a purse and he said something um, to the point of like getting it for a girlfriend or something along those lines. And before you know it, this was on Twitter, before you know it, everyone jumps in the conversation and said, but it's Michael Kors. And then I remember specifically one girl, her comment was, I wish my boyfriend would buy me Michael Kors, ew. And I realized then in that moment that it was not about Michael Kors because if the Michael Kors name had been removed from that bag and replaced with Balenciaga or Gucci, the responses would have been totally different. This was about how Michael Kors is more accessible than Gucci or Balenciaga and any of those other high fashion brands that we hold on pedestals. And for those that may not know, just in case you don't know, Michael Kors purchased Jimmy Choo and Versace. Yeah, he owns Versace. But why do we feel that way about Michael Kors products and not Versace products? We know why. It's the price point. I know someone somewhere is thinking, well, Shakira, Michael Kors just isn't cute to me. And that may be true to you. But the purse this guy was talking about was cute, in my opinion, and to everyone else until they realized who it was by, which in their mind translated to being more affordable to the masses. And if that's not enough for you, let's have another example. When I was in college, undergrad to be specific, um, the hot spot to go for spring break was Panama City. Um, then those people got tired of us going over there and messing up their beaches. So they said, no more. Don't come back over here. So the next hot spot was Miami. Now, at first, when people were just going to Panama City, Miami was like the exclusive spot. So now that more black people were going, all of a sudden, everybody was saying, well, Miami is played out. Now, if you need another example, let's talk about Santorini, Greece. I have always wanted to go there since I believe I saw a picture of Santorini on Pinterest when I was in college undergrad and ever since I saw that picture I've always wanted to go. Well now that more black people are traveling there everyone is saying oh it's played out everybody's going there. The same thing goes for Dubai the same thing goes for Paris. Pretty soon, it's going to be Thailand because everyone is going to Thailand. Um, And people are going to be saying that that place is played out because more and more black people are traveling there. So I found some tweets that perfectly reiterate what I'm saying. So here they are. At Bugatti is Black said, It's interesting to see how people try to use the words like ruin or oversaturated when in reference to black people having access to things. 
another user. Her name is at Shanique. It's S-H-V-N-I-Q-U-E. And she said, it's funny how black people will love a certain thing until it becomes popular within the black community. Perfect example of this was when people said going to Santorini was overrated because basically too many people were going. It really speaks volumes to the black community as a whole. Something is only of value when not too many black people have access to it. Once too many get on board, it's oversaturated. At DJ Tosin said, I'll keep my Santorini comments to myself, but I noticed this trend of black people not allowing other black people to enjoy nice things without turning that into slander of said nice thing. From Michael Kors to now Santorini. Stop doing that. So those perfectly sum up what I'm trying to say. Imagine if people were on the plantation, like, and I know this is an extreme example, but imagine if people were on the plantation and were like, yeah, bro, the Underground Railroad is oversaturated. There's too many people doing that. Or if black people plant sit-ins during the civil rights movement to push towards integration and people started saying, it's too many people in those diners, those sit-ins, that thing, is it's oversaturated. And those are exaggerations, but still, we have to stop doing that to ourselves. Pretty soon, if you let that kind of mentality convince you that it isn't cool to travel certain places because everyone else has gone there, there won't be anywhere else on the planet for you to go. Like, if we could fly to the moon, I promise you that if a great amount of people, let me be specific, if a great amount of black people had access to it, someone, somewhere, would say that going to the moon is played out. The moon. The moon is played out. So, don't let that mentality stop you from traveling. I don't care if it's to Paris, Santorini, Thailand, anywhere. And also enjoying things. If you like Michael Kors, like Michael Kors. If you want to wait in the line for a Popeye's chicken sandwich, wait in the line for a Popeye's chicken sandwich. And if you yourself have held that mentality where you feel like, when black people having more access to things that bring them joy is now oversaturated, check yourself. Like, we all have that kind of mentality to a certain extent. So check that internally before you project that onto someone else. Now, in short, here are three things to remember from today's episode. Mind your business. Stop promoting elitist ideals. And let black people enjoy things. That's it for this week, and we'll see you next time on the Carefree and Black Diaries. Stay black and carefree, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.